Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETFs for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Good morning guys. guys. Hope you all had a good weekend. Yeah, good weekend. Thanks. Okay. Um, last week, the jobs report showed an increase of 517,000 in January, sending the unemployment rate down to 3.4%. That's the lowest rate since 1969. What does this mean for the Federal Reserve's schedule of rate hikes? And what does it mean for the stock and bond markets? Well, last week was a particularly interesting week because it felt like a lot of the apprehension and anxiety was around the Fed meeting. And Powell actually ended up being a little bit more dovish or less hawkish than a lot of people had anticipated, which really did surprise me a little bit on the margin because usually when the market has been going up into Fed meetings, he kind of finds a way to talk it down. Um, but what we saw with the jobs report was incredibly strong, like strength across the board in a lot of different metrics. What was a little bit interesting was that it seemed that there were a lot of part-time workers that entered the labor force, um, a lot of different revisions and cross-currents going back and forth. So it will be really interesting to see in coming months if there are any negative revisions associated with this particular report, because it was a lot of uh, uptick in part-time workers. What I think is also interesting is the fact that we did not see a lot of strength in uh, wage growth, which would in indicate that ultimately you're not going to see a lot of really rising inflationary pressures over the course of the next 12 months, because if you continuously surprise higher in wage growth, it could potentially add to those pressures in inflation because people have additional income. But what this ultimately means is you saw short-term interest rates really spike up because it does, in fact, give the Fed additional runway to hike rates. Maybe instead of one to two, maybe it ships to two to three, because again, dual mandate, full employment, high inflation. The Fed's not going to like that. Powell actually speaks again this week, and it'll be really interesting to see what he says in response to that jobs report. Will his rhetoric shift? Ultimately, I think it's a plus for GDP, but a negative on the margin because it probably means that the Federal Reserve is going to be more pronounced in its discussion about additional rate hikes going forward until at least you start to see inflation move down meaningfully, which again comes more in the spring and the summer than over the course of the next couple of months. Let me ask you a question there. You said the Fed was dovish, but hadn't most of the market been expecting 0.25 in an interest rate cut? Interest yeah, rate the cut? expectation was for a 0.25%. Um, I think he was just less hawkish. I don't, I don't necessarily know if dovish is the right word. What is very conflicting, again, you have this back and forth where it seems like the market is going to begin to fight the Fed because in the back half of 2023, the market is pricing in rate cuts. And I really don't think Powell is going to go there yet. I think you're really going to have to see inflation materially move lower before he even talks about cutting rates. So I think you're going to get this back and forth again, where you get this particular Wall Street type of narrative that talks about the Federal Reserve potentially being super dovish, making a pivot, 
And there's just not going to be a pivot coming until you see an inflation with like some type of a 3% handle because they're not going to have any wiggle room to do anything unless something materially shifts on the economic or jobs front. So you're saying it's going to be that the market investors are going to draw the market up like they have been lately. They're going to drive it up on anticipation and hope and happiness and everything's going to be great. And then the Fed's going to come in and give them a dose of reality and it'll fall. And then after it sort of settles, they're going to like try to build it up again because, you know, they want it to go higher. Everybody wants it to go higher. So it's going to start buying again, despite what the Fed says. Is that sort yeah, of really unless the mall, unless the market falls apart? Um, and I, I don't think the Fed really has the opportunity to pivot under those circumstances. Over the last few months, we have gotten some very favorable data, both on the inflation and the economic standpoint. So I don't think that the Fed has, as long as these inflation numbers continue to trend in that direction, the Fed doesn't have to be, quote unquote, as hawkish. But on the margin, you have to understand that kind of wealth effect that the market can kind of back and forth and parlay for individuals. The higher the market goes, the greater the probability that ultimately that there's going to be additional spending. So I think Powell has to ebb and flow and control that a little bit as well. Do you want to add anything, Phil? You know, I, I think that if you look at, at where the markets are, uh, they're certainly looking ahead, right? And so, um, you know, when, when you look at where uh, earnings are, when you look at where the markets are, uh, and going forward, I, I think we're getting through this and um, the markets are pricing that in right now, right? So, you know, to Michael's point, um, there is going to be a lot of back and forth. I mean, look, year to date, we've got the S&P 500, you know, up uh, roughly 7%. Uh, that's a great first month. And you're not going to be, you know, 7% a month by 12, right? That's unrealistic. But, you know, you're going to have to pull back. March is generally a tough month. Um, and I think that would correspond. Uh, and certainly over the summertime, I think the Fed's out of here and the winds to our back with that. And then companies can be companies. So we shall see. Yeah, on the margin, uh, I think it maybe adds one rate hike potentially. But what will first start to happen is the cuts in the back half of 2003 will probably be priced out. So there, there is going to be some movement in the interest rate variable. And look at the voluminous uh, money supply that's really been tapered down without really raining in liquidity, right? I mean, you know, you've, you've taken in a, a huge amount of the money supply. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic on this year. We remain optimistic on this year. Hope everyone watched our annual firm economic market update because I think that that is uh, really a, a great read of the tea leaves of what's going on here. Yeah, December was the first time ever the money supply went negative on a year-over-year -year basis. Yeah. You ready for the second question? We're ready. Go ahead, Larry. Okay. Here's the second question. Last week, I asked you guys why investors are driving a rally in tech stocks. And then following that, Amazon and Google posted ho-hum earnings, and Apple posted its worst quarter since 2016. This week, Dell laid off 5% of its workforce. So what does this mean for the economy and the stock market? It seems that people are driving up the tech stocks in, in the face of, you know, port or earnings. Okay, well, look, first of all, if you look at these reports, right, we see that growth right now is scarce. So um, a lot of these companies have had a tough time uh, during the quarter. Um, don't forget, as we pointed out a couple weeks ago, uh, new tech, you know, um, is very different than old tech. And all those companies you just named uh, have really learned over their 25 to 35 years in existence 
and not wanting to repeat a dot com bus, not wanting to repeat an 09, and they've dramatically reduced headcount. Head and um, so these managers are not the managers that took them through prior uh, recessions and, and bad times. Now, I think that markets tend to look 18 months in advance. So while, um, you know, hey, look last year at Meta at one point, horrible earnings quarter, you know, stock was slammed in the after hours 25%. And you saw the mirror image of that last week when the stock was up 25% as well. Uh, and, and really, that was one of the first companies into uh, this recession. And so, you know, maybe those guys have dealt with this, you know, longer than anybody else. Um, and then you had the earnings reports from the other ones, uh, you know, Google, Apple, Amazon, that maybe are trailing, you know, a meta in their in their cuts and their spending by quite some time. Don't forget, all of the tech companies that reported earnings last week have reduced headcount, and that takes time, especially when you look at the packages that have gone into some of the, you know, whether it's like a Google where it's a six month type of severance. So they, that's got to work through the earnings report in, in time. And certainly at, the, at one point, these stocks were very, very low price to earnings ratios for the most part. Um, and markets are interpreting, uh, getting on the other side of this. So while growth is scarce this quarter, I think the report said, hey, it's going to be scarce for another quarter or two. Um, but then once you look ahead of that, and then as you look ahead of the Fed coming uh, hikes coming to an end, uh, and you're on the other side of this, that's certainly got to be priced in. So, you know, you're right. It was a ho-hum quarter for earnings, but not as bad as it could have been uh, for all these companies, but certainly not as good as the markets may have interpreted. Um, but the stocks ran into this and as of today, haven't really given that much back uh, on those ho-hum reports. So um, I think that this is going to be a tricky year. I think these companies have taken tough medicine. I think you got to give it time uh, to get into uh, the earnings reports, um, and then on the other side of this, which you know is definitely going to correspond with that summertime period, uh, and, and maybe late in the fourth quarter before you really see um, you know uh, tremendous upside moves. Um, but certainly on the downside, things were way overdone, as we've pointed out many times uh, on Two for Tuesday. Okay, guys, that was great. And um, if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week.